Hello everyone and welcome back to the Donkey's Garage for episode 14. This is dedicated to the Miami Grand Prix in the USA in which um, it was just uh, two weeks after Baku. It was a, a I think a very much awaited Grand Prix because it has I think a, a modern connotation to it. I think it's part of these new edition of Formula One that, that we are now seeing. There's a lot of hype about the USA, about bringing these new trucks, um, out of which, of course, is the uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix and the Miami Grand Prix, which uh, together with the uh, Circuit of the Americas, they, they constitute this three Grand Prix in the USA, which is supposed to bring the attention that um, F1 deserves in the American market. Um, the, the track was uh, first run last year. Um, I think it left some questions. It was not as, as good as, as one would have expected. Quite an impressive layout with the Hard Rock Stadium in the middle. A fast track, but we did see last year that it was quite difficult overall. The tarmac was very abrasive. And then it was not as, as fun to, to drive around as one would have hoped. Even though it's fast, there's a very tricky corners and it's very slippery. Somehow the, the, the surface made it abrasive, but at the same time sufficiently slippery um, that the cars were quite uneasy, um, very um, upset uh, at times uh, at some parts of the circuits. Signs uh, and... and Ocon had quite a, a, a harsh accident on the chicane on, I think it's turn 15, 14, 15, which is just as you go beneath the, the, the bridge, if you're catapulted, essentially, you're thrown against the wall if you take that uh, curb too, too uh, aggressively. But overall, I mean, they, the track, I think, is quite appealing to the fans. This year, they had changed the tarmac in order to, to make it a, a bit different, a bit more conventional, and to eventually try to, to improve uh, some of the shortcomings that they noticed last year. Of course, this is only the second year that they run at this venue, so it's all about learning in, in a certain way. The, the teams are, of course, still gathering a lot of data because if you compare it to other tracks like Spa-Francorchamps or Monza, teams have a lot of data about these um, tracks because they build them year after year. And even though cars change, it's still very valuable data. When you go to a new circuit, you have to build that uh, database. And essentially, that's what's happening. So even though it was a normal uh, weekend schedule, it's a lot to process. You need to try to gather all these information about the, the limits of the track, about the weather, try to predict all these. And at the end of the day, you're just amassing information so that you can predict with, with the uh, highest certainty how the, the race is going to, to come about at the end of the day. We didn't have a safety car, which was something perhaps unexpected. This sort of circuit that has very difficult and uh, um, easy tarmacs that tends to create um, accidents. But this was not the case. Just, um, I think it was quite a regular race overall. Nothing major happened. And so 
the weekend started, uh, of course, with a free practice. But if we move on uh, directly to the, the to the qualifying, I have to say that it was quite an unusual qualifying that we saw two mistakes from two drivers that shook the the, the grid for for Sunday substantially. And I'm of course talking about Verstappen and Leclerc, who the both of them made two mistakes. One of them was very very important and had important consequences for Sunday and that was Leclerc who crashed the car trying to push it over limit and I mean pushing to it to the limits and apparently he went over the limits and he lost the car and sent it against the barriers quite uh, a, a aggressive accident also quite 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 uh, spectacular in how fast it went against the barrier, but the driver was, was, was all right. The car didn't sustain any uh, substantial damage, so the gearbox was, was, was saved, no, no major issues in that sense. And then Verstappen um, on Q3 made an attempt, a first attempt of, of, for qualifying, and then he missed, he messed up his first attempt, and when he was trying to catch up and do his second attempt in order to to to, to put a good uh, time timing on the on, on the on, on the board. Leclerc had the accident, and so he was stuck on P nine for, for qualifying, which was uh, which had quite a significant effect in 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 how the weekend was going to go down for him because starting P nine meant that Sunday was about essentially um, getting past all these cars as quickly as possible, as, as, as clean as possible, and eventually try to reach P1 or at least the podium. Checker was more of a conservative driver in during qualifying. He, his first attempt in Q3 was sufficiently clean, put him easily on P1 with a very strong car, of course, uh, no question about that. And so he was solid in qualifying, and, but I have to say that he was not as... as as strong as Verstappen in terms of pace overall. I mean, he was ev evidently very, very uh, solid overall because he ended up uh, qualifying P1. He did have the pace, but he was just not not as quick as Verstappen, who seemed to be a bit over the uh, over uh, Paris in that sense. The rest of the grid, that was the question, because what we've seen so far is that the Ferraris, when they have the pace, they actually are sufficiently fast to put very good lap times and even go catch the, the, the Red Bulls. But here the case was that they had, a, I think, a pretty solid package for Miami. But Leclerc was, was desperately trying to, to, to get that P1 to try to... to to challenge Red Bull's dominance and he was throwing the car all over the, the track in, in I think to the limits but he did not feel very comfortable all through the weekend I mean he's he was quick but not he was not confident quick he was not throwing the car knowing that he could get it halfway through the corner he was just desperately trying to get that 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 perfect lap time and trying to pull all the all the bits uh, here and there together, but it was more of a hoping rather than knowing, and this really um, became evident as he's, he tried his qualifying attempt in Q3, 
and he went over the curb in this long, 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 long left hand um, corner. I think it's one, two, three, four, the sixth or the seventh corner in the Miami Grand Prix with the big, big runoff area. And he went over that curb just a tad too much, but literally millimeters over too much. And the car just got upset. You felt it. He came out of the previous curb. He was going very, very fast. The car was literally glued to the to the tarmac. And he went for the second uh, for the second part of the of the chicane, where you're basically throwing the car inside the curb on a left hand turn. And you go over that curb, and then you are supposed to place it kind of halfway through the the right hand side of the corner in order to take a late apex so as to do the runoff area uh, so as to, to, to go to have a top speed on the following straight and so you go over that first first part of the chicane you take that late apex you place your car towards this, uh, the left hander and then the left hander you go full throttle uh, no, actually, it's not a full throttle. Sorry, you're, you're managing the, the the accelerator there because if if you go full throttle, you definitely have no grip there in order to do full throttle. But you're just hand, handing there. You have to find the balance where you you're accelerating, of course, and you're going to have essentially to lift off and brake at some point in order to properly place the car into that late apex and then try to to get the car straight as possible so to 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 to, to floor the accelerator in order to 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 go for the straight and he went over the, that second curb a bit too too much and you can see that the ferrari is a very very nervous car you can see it is bumping all over all over the place it's something that was the case last year already and it's something that they haven't solved you still have some sort of pole poisoning um at certain tracks, I mean, you can still see quite a lot in in, in very high speed, um, long straights where the car is, is essentially unbalanced. You can see that the the head of the driver is still shaking, and so you essentially saw the car just shake and lose the balance in that left hander. And as you you are over the curb, the car lost the balance, and he just lost it. And as he lost the rear. He just had a tad of oversteer and lost the rear, man, buff, off you go to the to the runoff area. And he crushed the car just a bit sideways, so the 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 actual gearbox could have been damaged, but it wasn't so good thing for him. Quite quite a, a disappoint disappointing result because you want the Ferraris to be up there. And what about Sainz? Sainz was much more confident going th um, to Miami. You saw him, he was more and more relaxed. That said, I mean, very, very much better compared to tobacco, certainly. That said, he had the pace and he was looking ahead of Leclerc all through the weekend, but he just didn't have, I think, the pace to go for P1. He could have had perhaps the pace for P2, but definitely not to challenge the Red Bulls. Um, in the end, Leclerc qualified P7, so the, 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 the attempt he had made on Q3 uh, placed him in Q, uh, P7, so he had one, one timing that was sufficient to, to, to secure him P7. And Sainz was, was at the end P3, which actually made, um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but actually made the first time in, in history that you have 
a qualifying result with three Spaniards, with three Spanish-speaking drivers, with Checo, Alonso, and Sainz. So Checo was first, Alonso was second, with an Aston Martin that had looked very, very. I mean, I wouldn't say solid. He looked average, sorry. He looked average. They just weren't there, especially during the free practice. They were P5, P6. They were just not looking as sharp as, as they had looked in the past. But somehow they managed to find that, that, that bit of, of performance overnight. And for Saturday, they were right in there, especially in Q3. They were really in there. If I make a comparison, actually, I think the, the, the Ferrari, the philosophy is that that car really needs to go through through corners like hell quickly. I mean, it's it's it needs it likes very fast corners. The car actually goes very very close to the to the ground when you have that sucking effect of the of the of the floor and you have that ground effect that that really glues the car to the ground and, and you can see that the car likes fast corners, not so much slow corners, I think. And. This actually became, I think, very evident in, in, during the race, as I will tell later. But here, so Sainz, P3, Alonso, um, P2, which the, the Aston Martin philosophy is a bit different. It, it's not so much a car that, that likes um, one specific sort of corner so much. I, I get, first of all, it's, it's loaded with a bit more um, wing than than the rest, especially Red Bulls, because the Red Bulls are, are managing to the setup with with a lower amount of wing that are allowing them to run faster on the straights and still have the performance in, 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 in through the bends. And so the Aston Martin, I think, was enjoying the fast corners around the Miami GP, but not so much as the Ferrari or certainly the Red Bull. I think it was more of a balanced car. It was still good enough in certain sectors. Um, definitely, it was getting purple sector in the first uh, in the first part of the circuit. So sector one, it was purple for Alonso at some points during the uh, qualifying and during the race, which was good. I mean, it means that fast corners are, are were were a good thing for them. Uh, they were still managing a, a good performance through those uh, fast bends. The the, I guess the, the trade-off in that sense is that they had to sacrifice some performance in the slower bends, uh, especially during, uh, in, in sector three where you have this kind of slow sector where you're essentially through bends um, that go one after another for four or five uh, turns. But I mean, overall, I think they, they, they should be happy. Uh, Aston Martin, they st in qualifying, they're still uh, managing to place the car in quite good positions so as to, to, to go... Um, in confidence to the race and so the question was what happened Alonso was P2 but Stroll qualified P18 which I mean there is a an enormous difference you're essentially having one driver which is at the very top of the, of the, of the grid and the other one is at the very bottom I think Stroll is lacking some of the confidence that Alonso has uh, perhaps not fi finding the balance yet you could see it. I mean, you could see that Stroll was just nervous, was just somehow, uh, I don't know, just um, not feeling the connection with the car, um, which P18 meant that his race was going to be essentially a race to the, to the top, trying to get past the drivers here and there, which 
I mean, you have a def, def, you definitely have a competitive car that is somehow fighting for P2. And what I mean somehow, I don't mean uh, somehow in a negative way. I mean that some that that the car has the potential to be at the front, and the the. The underperformance is on Stroll's side, so the car doesn't belong to a P18. Maybe it doesn't belong to P8, P2 on a constant basis, but definitely is on, is easily on P5, P4, P5. Um, so far, is they they've done uh, four P3s, so they they definitely have the pace to be on the top part of the ladder. So there is no reason why Stroll shouldn't be up there. So he's he he had a car, he had definitely a car to to go through the grid and try to. To gain as many positions as possible and probably end up in easily in P6, P7. That was his task for Sunday, uh, definitely underperforming on Saturday. Quite disappointed because the team, they need points. They need both drivers to be in a similar place so as they as to gather as much information as possible in order to tune the factory and to perfection. They need both drivers also to be together so as to improve the strategy and to be able to play with two cards instead of with just one card, which is so far Alonso. They, so far, may I say, they, they, they amassed 75 points and out of those 75 points, 74% roughly have been um, won by Alonso, which speaks not so well about Stroll. But I know that Stroll is is a driver that knows how to deliver. I mean, I think he is a driver that when he's under pressure, when he's nervous, he loses his patience and, and just doesn't deliver. But when somehow he finds his inner self, his confidence, he's able to do things that all the drivers simply can't. We've seen him very, very confident under the race. And he's been absolutely fantastic at certain, at certain tracks a certain uh, weekends where he, somehow he was just on fire and this is what we want to see and definitely this is something that Aston Martin wants to see. What about Mercedes? Mercedes, they were just, I think, off pace. They came from a relatively average weekend in Baku. I mean, they looked fairly solid, uh, had up and downs, but here in Miami, it's probably the last race where they were driving the old spec because they have uh, they have announced that at Imola which is next weekend on the 21st um, they are bringing a new spec a new a new set of uh, upgrades that are is supposed to bring a the car forwards to redevelop the car in in a, in, a, in a different direction in order to improve the overall performance of the uh, W13 so what happened George qualified P6 which overall is not that bad you're essentially placing uh, the Mercedes somewhere in the best of the rest category. Uh, so Red Bull in the front with followed by Aston Martin. Then somehow you have either Ferrari, well, at least one of the Ferraris ahead of you, and then you 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 place a Mercedes. So it's it's not that bad. You're still battling with with Ferrari and and, and Aston Martin. Um, or at least almost with us, Aston Martin, Aston Martin being a bit, bit, I think, ahead in that sense. And then you had Lewis that was P13. I mean, he just didn't look comfortable in the car. I think he was complaining fair, fair, quite a lot. Um, and then, then, I mean, that literally showed in his performance. P13, he just felt uneasy, which... 
I mean, it it speaks very highly of of Russell that continues to to I think to to push the team forward. He's I think the at the moment the the energy of the team comes more from George than from Lewis, who who seems to be somehow um, losing some of that uh, energy. Perhaps is the frustration is building in where he sees that some weekends the car works, some other weekends the car is just not there. And George is a bit more like the 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 young hound is there and he's trying to to just outperform the car. I mean, it's that energy that, that young people, especially young drivers, have that perhaps uh, older drivers um, start you know stuff starts fading away somehow. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a fair representation of what Lewis is going through. But, I mean, you definitely see a very, very ambitious George on track uh, trying to maximise the performance of the, of the W13 at every weekend possible. And then we have Ocon, uh, who had a fairly strong qualifying P8. Uh, for the Al Alpines, I mean, it's, it's a relative success. During the free practice, they had a bit of a of a run into Alonso, where um, Ocon was was slowing down. I mean, is in basically Alonso was in a fast lap, and he he encountered one of the Alpines, and and he had to abort the fast the, the fast lap because of the Alpine and Alonso went over the radio and made a comment essentially saying um, let them fight me on track now because I mean that's the only chance they're ever going to get um, I mean it's a bit of bitterness uh, the relationship I guess is still a bit uh, tense between the two quarters but I mean it does speak negatively about Alpine they were fairly strong here last last year they, it's, it's a track that seems to suit the overall philosophy of the Alpine, which, I mean, we saw last year. Alonso did a fairly decent uh, race. And I dare to, to say, I'm going to check just a second, because I think they did quite a decent... Yeah, they uh, Ocon did P8 last year uh, in the race, and I guess Alonso must have... Um, the P11... Uh, but definitely Ocon was, was uh, I mean, it looks, both of them, probably Alonso had his race uh, frustrated by the team, because, I mean, they tend to do that. They absolutely adore, um, they absolutely adored, um, adore um, kind of sabotaging their own drivers. But anyways, uh, Ocon had a fair, uh, a decent attempt uh, on on having decent qualifying. I mean, it just feels that it's not enough for Alpine, though, just fighting for PA, P, P, beyond, being on Q3 just feels not enough. And that is something that really became apparent as the CEO of Alpine spoke after the race and said, hey, guys, I think we... I mean, he doesn't think, he knows that it's just wrong. I mean... They're pouring so I mean a fair amount of resources to, to to be fighting at the front and somehow they are just fighting for 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 the for average positions for for being all, all, somehow PA P9 and 
at worst, we've seen them fighting for P15, P16 at the back, like in, in Baku. So, um, it's not very good news for Arpin. They, I think they, they've made a step backwards compared to last year. And it's something that they need to, to really consider. I mean, the, the CEO was saying, you know, there is a problem about the mindset that the team is 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 got at the moment. We just we just have a problem with the mindset because we go into the weekend saying let's try to do our best instead of saying we're going to smash this. And this is something that actually Alonso mentioned when he left uh, up in saying the mentality, the the mindset inside the team is just not a winning team. Is they're just trying to maximize the results with what they have, but they're not trying to literally dominate, which is something that you see in Red Bull, something that you see in, in, in Mercedes, or something that you see apparently in Aston Martin, that they, they have this winning mindset, and that, that is actually propelling the team forward and really um, materializing in, in what they are achieving every weekend at um, weekend over weekend. But I mean, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, so into the race, as I said, Verstappen P9, and that was the man. I mean, everyone was waiting for him and literally wanting to see him um, go through the field and see how quickly he could reach P1. Alonso said he would get to him by lap 24, and it turned out... Verstappen reached Alonso only lap 14, so he was definitely ahead of schedule. Um, Alonso, yeah, ahead of, of schedule. He was, Verstappen looked really quickly, though I have to say that he did look very mature. He did look like a different driver from what we've seen in the past. At the start of the race, he was uh, starting P9, and that's a very difficult place to start because it's, it's a place where accidents are bound to happen. I mean, it's just... You're just placing yourself in, in a sort of uh, chaos um, scenario. But Verstappen was able to clear steer, um, stay away of all trouble. There were some attempts uh, to, I mean, there's some, some close calls, um, especially between the McLaren and the Williams. Uh, one, one driver, Albon, drove into, into, I think, into a Williams, uh, into a McLaren, blah, blah, blah. And there was a bit of an incident here and there, but the start was however quite clean but just Verstappen was was very delicate he avoided all contact he avoided being hit by somebody by a third driver and he definitely managed to to keep his head calm and say okay I'm going to take this very calmly I know that I have a very very um, strong car I can definitely go through the field easily um, one by one and instead of trying to go, to overdrive he just waited for the first three, two or three corners to clear out, um, place the car, see where he was at, and then go through the field step by step in a consistent and really um, organized manner. And that's what we saw. He started going slowly from P, uh, from P9 all the way to P3. No driver gave him any trouble whatsoever. They just, everyone just stayed away from, from any, 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 any confrontation with him, trying to, to stop him, to slow him down. They literally just opened the door and let him by, which is quite a shame because it's not something you want to see in racing. Um, it's quite unfortunate. But, I mean, it's the case that when you know that you have driver that's so much faster than you, uh, that you know that 
in the in the long run you're not going to be able to, to to stop him or to fight him in a uh, level playing field you don't want to destroy your tires so you literally just open the door and say go by i know you're going to overtake me anyway and that's what happened um that happened with signs that happened with with all of them um they literally just waited for for him to come and by the time they were there they would just said okay go by and, and enjoy it and so um Verstappen had his race he was going uh, he was he was slowly reaching P2 and essentially uh, by the time he reached um, Alonso in lap 14 off, off he went. Alonso didn't uh, show him any 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 resistance. He just let him through also. And then he arrived to Checo that was uh, leading the race. And Checo, he was running on all the hearts. And, I mean, they were on different strategies. Um, Perez started on mediums and then swapped to hearts. And, I mean... He had all the hearts. Perez had very old hearts, about 30, uh, 35 laps old um, hearts. And by the time uh, Verstappen arrived with fresh mediums, or relatively more fresh mediums, he just couldn't uh, withhold him. And eventually, Max got uh, to lead the race and have essentially won the race. Um, won the race with Perez second and Alonso actually ended up coming P3 which was really I mean it's really good results for the team once again uh, securing another P3 another podium uh, building slowly and and, and consistently these uh, kind of palmares uh, weekend after weekend they're I think showing that they are consistently the, the second best team on the grid and that's really good news to them Alonso didn't have the start he had wished uh, for uh, in Miami. He said he was going to try to to get up to to lead the the Grand Prix for a couple of laps. He knew that in the long run he couldn't withhold uh, stop uh, Paris, but he was going to try to 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 get past him in the in the first corner. In the end, he couldn't. He stayed P two. He had a signs that was really close to him during the first stint. Especially, um, I think the, the mediums were working really, really well for, for the Ferrari. That extra grip allowed uh, or really infused confidence and science to, to really go for it. And he was actually pressuring Alonso quite, uh, quite a lot. The drama for Ferrari eventually came when he swapped uh, for Hearts. And when he came out of the pits, he came in a bit of a dirty area where there were some drivers and he had to try to get past them as quickly as possible. And by, by doing so, he overheated the tires and essentially more or less destroyed the tires. And then it was just a matter of, of trying to, to control um, the, the life spawn of this uh, compound all the way to the end. But he definitely lost all pace. And actually that became self-evident as he had to cede uh, the position to George Russell, who came with, a, I think, with confidence and, and better tyres and passed him um, in order to secure P4 in Miami, which actually speaks uh, rather well of the, of the Mercedes, after all, who I think was, was, had two phases during the race. The first stint with a very heavy car, 
that was not suiting the the W13. I mean, it just not, was not working, especially for, for Lewis at the back, but even for George, it was just not working. And what you could see is as the car was becoming lighter towards the end of the race, the car was becoming, I think, more and more malleable and gave George more and more confidence to, 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 to I mean, to, to to increase the rhythm, to increase the, the, the pace and eventually to reach that P4. And I think this theory is actually confirmed by the fact that Lewis actually managed in the end to, 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 to uh, come to the checker flag in P6, which is very good news to them. Just not, I think not, I didn't have the pace quite enough to, to reach Carlos Sainz on track, but still, um, they stacked four, uh, four and six, which overall I think is good news for Mercedes. They're still somewhere there. They're just not completely off as they, they claim. They're in a, a perhaps a bit behind um, the Ferraris at times, but I mean, it, it comes and goes. I mean, I, definitely Miami shows that uh, four and six for Mercedes and five and seven for the Ferraris, which I think is, is a fair representation where these two teams are at the moment. Um, Leclerc came P7, quite a gutting event, uh, race overall for him. He was fighting most of the race with Magnussen, uh, which was driving a Haas, so not exactly what you want to see, uh, where you want to see a Ferrari fighting with a Haas. But, I mean, I think it was, it was the best they could do after a, a, a weekend that got sidetracked because of the accident. I think Leclerc lost the confidence um, his confidence uh, after that crash and then the race he was just not filling um, the car you could see that the car was I think undrivable I mean very very nervous very shaky a lot of bouncing up and down so overall I think I mean yeah not not the best result I think the Ferrari has a bit of a similar situation to the W13 with uh, when it's very heavy it's very undrivable especially because of the weight loads and the bouncing essentially throws the, the, the weight of the car back and forwards and side to side, which makes it really difficult to, to drive. And then as the car becomes lighter towards the end of the race, it becomes much more, um, much more predictable. I mean, much more stable, uh, like a piece, a piece. So um, quite an interesting uh, data to have. So, um, and then... Signs, as I said, on the first stint with the mediums, very, uh, very good, and the hard stints, not so much. Um, Ferrari, they're still, they brought a new um, floor to to Miami. They said that this was uh, not one of the of the keys in the development of the car, trying to 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 reduce these these characteristics that the car has of being so nervous, of being at uh, times undrivable. I think they're driving on they're going on the right direction especially on the on the tire degradation they've dec decreased the problem it's not as substantial as, as it's been in the past uh, Miami was notorious in that sense and I mean they suffered just as as the others did but perhaps a tight a tad more but not so so much as they did in the past where it was just unbelievable where they they literally just ate the tires destroyed the tires after two laps we saw a lot of drivers suffering from graining, a lot of uh, overheating on the tires. Uh, that was the case in the in the Aston Martin. That was the case in the Ferraris and the, uh, and the in the Mercedes. I mean, it, it was warm and it was a common uh, feature for all drive for all drivers. So they had to well, for all cars. So the drivers had to manage 
um, this issue as best as they could. What else to say? I mean, on the back, it was a bit of a mess. Um, McLaren, they were completely gone. I mean, it was quite sad to, to, to see. With um, Piastri P19 and Norris P17, um, another drive that was underperforming, Nick De Vries, is being actually called off by by the team. And apparently, if he doesn't perform better, he will be replaced by Daniel Ricciardo very, very soon. So the pressure is on him. Good news was actually, or relatively good news was actually for the Alpins, who ended up... Um, P8 and P9, which, I mean, I think it, it, it really reflects wh where they were last year, which means that they haven't improved, improved um, which is bad news. Um, I mean, they're, they're just in the same place. And I think this track particularly was, was, was lucky to them somehow. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a, a bit of a... How how would you say? I mean, it's just not. They're not shining. I mean, it's it's an okay, an okay, but but it's not enough. Uh, Half-hearted weekend for them. Yuki Tsunoda P nine uh, P eleven, not bad. I mean, he's I think he's somehow leading the team at the moment. And when I mean somehow, I mean compared to last year where he seemed to be on the back foot. This year it seems that he's grown somehow more more of, of a leaders of a of a of a consistent driver's um, mindset which is something that he really needed because he's very very um he's very a, a very strong driver but he just shines once a blue moon and what you need especially now for Tara is drivers that keep shining weekend after weekend because you need to amass as much as, as many points as possible um, and not so much have one good race over a 23 races so uh, applauses to him really good race for him I'm, I'm glad um, I definitely applaud that Landstroll I think he definitely had an issue uh, lack of confidence all through the weekend you could see it he's got a car that has that belongs at the top of the ladder, at the top of the grid, P2, P3, P4, but definitely belongs up there. And somehow he qualified P18, as I said, and came uh, through the checkered flag P19, uh, no, P, P12, which is just not enough. I mean, he eventually just managed to catch six uh, cars. That's just not enough. I mean, he definitely had the, the car to, to, to strum through the field and at least I think he could have reached easily P8, should have reached P8, uh, at least come right uh, after the Ferrari. I mean, it's just not good news for, for, for Lance Stroll. He needs to somehow find the, the confidence in the car, find the, the sweet spot and be right there because the team, they need the points and they need especially the data in order to, to tune the, the, the factory as best as possible. So they really have to fix that. They, they need him to be at the front and to work uh, side by side with Alonso in order to, to really push the, the, the team forward. Because, I mean, we are starting to enter the critical phase of the season where 
the development race starts and you need to bring updates that work 100% every single weekend or as often as possible as the budget cup allows you. And if you've got one driver providing you one data and the other one is giving you a different data, that is just not good enough. So you really need to, to have both drivers at more or less at the same uh, uh, pace in order to, to really give you very reliable data. And this is something, just uh, as a note, side note, this is something that was the case, for instance, McLaren with Norris and Sainz. I mean, they, they were driving almost um, together at every race and it gave uh, the team very solid uh, foundations upon which to, to develop the car. And that was the case. I mean, they had really solid seasons when the two of them were driving uh, almost side by side at every uh, weekend. Lastly, I want to mention um, Williams. I mean, it was quite a disappointing weekend, I think, for them. They just... Uh, they, they, they seem to have the car in qualifying. I mean, in qualifying, they seem to be fairly acceptable with, uh, for instance, Albon qualifying P11. But then in the race, they just somehow lose all of it and they just started to, to drop through the field and Logan Sargent I mean they, he finished P20 which means dead last and that is aggravated by the fact that he's the local man so you uh, pressure on him um, I mean he's a he's a solid driver but it's just you don't want to see Williams there and the other driver Albon he finished P14 which means that he eventually uh, lost three positions through the through the race which is again not good news to them um, the, the direct competitors were Alfa Romeo with, uh, with Walter Bottas P13 and the other the Chinese driver uh, Joe P16 yeah I mean Somebody has to be at the bottom of, of the of the grid, um, twenty places overall. If I mean essentially, yeah, that's that's what it is. But um, not the best of news, especially I mean on one on the one hand, McLaren they have an issue. They they need to address it. Uh, they're trying to understand the car, and I think they had a bit of a of a bright moment of a, a moment of of of, of, bright, of of sunshine in back where it seems that the car was was going in the right direction and then suddenly here you see that well um they're just on the back of the grid again so it's really bad news to them um on that note i think i've covered more or less everything that um there was to say next weekend it's imola Almost all the teams are bringing um, substantial updates with Aston Martin, with um, Mercedes. Let's see what Ferrari does. The important aspect here onwards is that according to Christine Horner, the budget cap limitation and the sanctions that were, were imposed um, on, on Red Bull will become or will show, start to show off here onwards. So somehow there is the hope that from Imola onwards, the gap between Red Bull and the rest of the field will shrunk and eventually should dissipate because especially, I mean, because of the fact that the other teams will have uh, time in the wind tunnel and Red Bull won't have, so they will be limited in their updates.
I mean, they they are they are working from a from a position of strength because they have a really good car uh, at the moment. They have a really uh, substantial gap, uh, which all the other uh, teams they need to somehow bridge. So they 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 I think uh, no no wonder they will be worried. They will be um, affected. They will be concerned about it. But it's not. you know, uh, drama. Uh, it's not big drama at the moment. There's still, for the, at least for a couple of races, three, four races. I think they will be in a substantially um, solid position to at least to to limit the the damage of these um, sanction and the limitations are as a result of winning the world um, constructors championship last year. So with that said. On to the Donkeys Award, as, as always, please. And I think the award goes to Stroll because, I mean, he's got a hell of a car and he just underperformed. And that really guts me because, yeah, I mean, he, ha- he has the car to be up there. He needs to deliver and he just didn't. I think the Donkeys Award goes to Stroll. That's my opinion. Um... Let me know what you think. I mean, as always, uh, if you have any comments, leave um, a comment on on the Dropbox. Um, Share, subscribe. Share, I mean, yeah, do do all the things that, that, uh, that I usually say. Um, I look forward to the next race with the European section. I mean, you have uh, Imola. You have Monaco and then you have the Spanish GP. The three of them uh, stacked um, in a space of three uh, weekends. So really looking forward to that. And with that said, thank you very much as always for listening and um, talk to you soon. Have a good afternoon.